The But First Stretch podcast taps into the extraordinary endeavors that ordinary humans are doing daily to better their lives and their community. The goal of these conversations is to lengthen and extend our perspective on fitness, nutrition, holistic health, the mind-body connection, and what motivates us. The final portion of each episode will provide a guided meditation to self-reflect on the theme of the interview. Brought to you by Jennifer McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Hi, I'm Jen McCracken of FitFam Conchi. Welcome back to But First Stretch, and if it's your first time, I'm so glad you're joining me. I cannot believe that it has been a month since we are quarantined in this new world of social distancing, and I feel for once I don't have a lot to say on it, and I'm excited to kind of jump right into the episode. Today, our special guest is going to be discussing an important topic today, your life. Our community member of the week on But First Stretch is Bryn Travis, life coach and owner of Lux Salon. If you know Bryn personally, you are so lucky. She's an amazing friend, a hard worker, and just an overall fun person. When she's not working, you can find her singing in different bars and spending time with her family in Florida. Bryn has led several workshops in the area, including a vision board workshop. Currently, she is co-leading a series called Sanity Sessions. She is also leading a retreat in Costa Rica this fall with a friend who teaches yoga. A fun fact about Bryn, she was a student when I first started teaching high school. I absolutely love to see all the amazing things that people her age are doing. It's one of the most rewarding parts about being a teacher. So let's stretch our mind, body, and soul. The first portion of the podcast is the warm-up, introducing our guest. Hi, Bryn. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your background? Where are you from? And why did you become a life coach? So I'm from Lafayette Hill. Um, so I'm from around Conchhocken area. I grew up here. Um, and I actually went to PW and that's why I know you and it's so fun that we get to do this now. Um, and having like so many different crossing paths together and all of that good stuff that I'm sure we'll get into later. Um, but the, you know, a little bit about my background, the reason why I became a life coach and I really hate this terminology. Um, the word, like the title of life coach, I feel like it's, not super all-encompassing of what I feel that it actually means and it seems kind of like I don't know corny and like it just doesn't feel like it's for me um but at the end of the day that's what kind of what the industry calls it so I'm, I'm cool with it for those purposes um I've been calling myself more of a soulful coach which I still don't feel like is totally um, all-encompassing, but if anybody has any ideas at the end of this podcast of what I should call myself, you can let me know. Um, So I started, you know, this journey. I feel like I've always been in a role of some sort of leadership or um, some sort of role where I was looked towards as somebody that, I don't know, people, I guess, valued their opinion, my opinion. Um... And, you know, that's been from clubs in school to then in college and then even in my friend group as just the person that people usually gravitated towards asking questions when they were making major life decisions. And then in college, I kind of found myself, uh, it was my junior year, and I was like, you know, I feel like there's way more 
than what I'm just doing now. Like I'm, I went to Penn State, I'm drinking my face off like multiple times a week and was having so much fun. But I really felt that there was this whole other part of me that I kind of put aside um, because all through middle school and high school, I was journaling and really introspective and felt like I really knew a lot about myself. And then all of a sudden in college, where I feel like most people were maybe finding more about themselves then, I was actually getting further away. And that kind of freaked me out. And at the time, my mom and my brother were actually going through a life coaching program with this woman, Alejandra. And I saw such a change in them. And I saw that they were speaking almost like this new language to one another that I felt really outside of, but I knew I wanted to be a part of. And in that, I was like, you know what? I'm seeing this transformation that's happening for them, who are people they are really strong headed. They're really, they're, they're Tauruses, like they're (laughs) like bulls, like through and through and I saw this like softening and this accepting of their own behavior and ownership and I was like oh my god if they're doing that like I wonder what's going to happen to me if I do this so fast forward I put out a lot of money for a college broke college student to go through this program of being coached myself for six months and as you can imagine it was very interesting I shared a room with a roommate and I was in the graduate at Penn, at Penn State, which was always having a party. And there I was having my hour and a half long sessions over the phone in my room every other week, talking about my like deep personal shit while I had to be like to my roommates and thank God. I mean, we're still best friends now. They're like super amazing people that didn't make me feel weird about it. But I'm like, hey, I'm about to like go do my call. Do you mind like going to the library so I can like cry in peace? And they're like, yeah, no worries, go ahead. Um, And through that, at the end of that, I saw such a transformation in myself and really felt like I was coming back to myself um, and was inspired to um, start going through a coaching program through the same company, Life Creations, that I had gone through. Um, And then from there, it's been like a slow building and um, a lot of, you know, self-doubt and all the things that go into you know building a company and creating a name and creating those connections and now here I am with uh, Miss Blasamina from, <laughs> from PW interviewing me on her dream podcast and this is just like so amazing so yeah um so many things there what what to use the most rewarding part of doing this life coach job and you know what you have and we'll get into it you have so many different jobs that you've had over the years what is the most rewarding part of what you're doing for me it's the connection piece um really just truly being able to connect with other people and collaborate um and I think uh in that connection knowing that I don't have all the answers for people, but just by us connecting, they're finding their own answers for themselves. And that feels really cool. Yeah. And what's the most challenging part of this? Um, um, about life coaching in particular, I think I touched on it a bit in the beginning, but I think the self-doubt that comes with, that's very natural 
for everyone to have. And it's something that I coach to, and I have to coach myself and hold myself accountable for that piece of who am I to be doing this work? I'm 26 years old. Who's going to listen to me? I don't even have enough life experience to be a life coach. Um, just all of like the really, you know, shitty things that you can say about yourself. Um, and overcoming them time and time again and knowing like no I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this it's so funny because you are young you're 26 but you have like so much I want to say wisdom it's almost like you are a sage at your at your particular spot in life Thank you. I, I always say I was like, my mom always says I was born like 35 because I only hung out with like adults and I never played with toys and me and my mom just would go to Nordy's. I would ask her to go to Nordy's cafe instead of like going to three-year-old birthday parties. So I feel like that might be, <laughs> I blame, I blame her and I thank her because I like never did, my friends always say like, we'll talk about things that they did as kids and I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's something that like everybody knows that I just like don't know. I'm like, yeah, I must've been at Nordy's that day <laughs> having the sheet crab soup. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I love that. Um, so let's dive into this workout portion. Um, over the years, you've worn so many different hats. You've been a yoga studio manager, an English teacher, a singer and a performer, a salon owner, life coach what or who do you credit for all these opportunities what was the hardest job you've had there's so many questions I want to ask about this part of your life yeah I'm definitely um what there's this awesome TED talk about being a multi-potentialite and I very much identify with a multi-potentialite label I have so many interests and I'm really blessed to be um really talented in a lot of different areas where I feel like I can really show up and serve in a lot of different areas. So it's actually been such a challenge to really pick and choose where I want to put my energy and where I feel like I can be of the most service to others and to myself at the same time. Um, So right now I'm currently a salon owner and life coach. So um, salon owner, um, I own Lux Color Lounge in Concha Hawkins. Um, which was my mom's salon. And when my parents moved down to Florida um, this past year, I was able to then um, be the successor of that business. So I, not only in just that case, but you asked who um, I credit to a lot of my success in those opportunities, um, not only just because it was her salon, but I credit my mom for a lot of um, the things that I do, the chances that I take in my life. I mean, I've never seen a woman reinvent herself so many times and come out on top every time. Somebody said recently, um, cause I'm in touch with a lot of the salon owners in the area and have relationships with them. And they in turn also have relationships with my mom. And someone just recently said, your mom's the only person I know who can take a pebble and turn it into a boulder. And I was like, yep, that sounds exactly right there is everything. So I count a lot of, um, I think the, uh, fearlessness that may be perceived in, in taking a lot of those chances to her for sure. Wow. That's, 
That's awesome. And what's the hardest job you've had? Oh my God. Honestly, so out of all those things, I have to say being an English teacher in Thailand was my hardest job. And I credit you so much for all of your teaching years because I don't know how you can control a classroom and manage your workload and not take it all home. And like, I was living in a dream world. I mean, I was in Thailand. I was in like a totally new place with awesome people and new food and new everything. And honestly, like some of those kids, the first couple weeks I came and they're like in eighth grade, like they're not high schoolers that I felt like could bully me. A, B, they did not really speak English that well. So the fact that they could even intimidate me and bully me in a different language as an adult was actually <laughs> shocking. I called my parents. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, they are a nightmare. And I'm not a big kid fan, as you may know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge kid fan. There's like a select group of kids that I really like and I can tolerate. <laughs> But, I, like, this is, like, a big challenge for me to go into that. So I props to you and all the teachers out there because, I, no, I cannot. <laughs> I not. It was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, like, I feel like everyone has, like, their individual talents with that. So I love how open and honest when people are like, this is not for me. The fact that oh you can gosh. tap into that and say that is amazing. Totally. And I, and like, I loved it when I was there. Cause honestly, it was just about the surrender. Like, and I was like, you know what, what, what can I control? What can I, I know that I can sing. They love English music and American music. We're going to make every single freaking lesson me singing in the, the, in the front of the class and picking out words. And we're learning it that way. Cause they rather hear Justin Bieber coming out of my mouth. Than, the, than me asking them to do anything else. <laughs> so it was Beyonce, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande. That's who taught the class. And that's how I got through it. And it was great. And that, at that point, they love you. But winning over their trust and love, man. Mm. <laughs> God. <laughs> Baby. Um, so what does it entail to be a life coach? You mentioned briefly about your program. Um, can you talk a little bit more to that? Sure. So um, it's different for everything, and there's an entire accreditation and an entire board um, and, and all of that jazz in the background. But the particular company that I went through, their process is that you have to be coached yourself for at least six months, which when I originally took all of that on, it wasn't in the hopes that I would become a life coach. It was just because I really just wanted one. I was just at a place in my life where I just really wanted one. So I luckily had already had that investment and had that time under my belt. Then um, there's a program which I've been taking. It, it's all done, you know, at your own pace online. And then I have check-ins with the um, woman who is the head of that, where you're going into different check mark, uh, benchmarks, check-ins, um, all of that good stuff, holding each other accountable, doing a lot of like modeling lessons, Um, and then the third phase of that is working with like, a, um, like, uh, I don't want to say test client cause that just sounds not great, but that's kind of what they call it. But your initial client to kind of get through some of the sticky parts 
while you still have the guidance and like the phone a friend kind of line where you can kind of go through that process first still having that like if I need to phone a friend and I'm in a, a predicament that I don't know how to handle yet I still have that resource um which is really great um and that's been I guess I started that after I graduated college for a little bit and then I left for Thailand and I lived there for six months and that was kind of like my break and then coming back to it picked it back up about I would say a year ago and I'm coming out on the other side of that uh why is life coaching important to everyone like why should we be working with one yeah totally so I really think it's the accountability piece true like true a day because for me it's not that I'm presenting any any wisdom that you don't already innately know I'm holding you accountable to explore it for yourself and I think that that's what's really powerful about it is that it's I'm not telling you what to do so if you're looking for somebody to tell you what to do you're gonna have to find you know a different avenue um but if you're willing to finally uncover and do the work yourself and I think that that's where the coach piece comes in so I don't necessarily like the life word but I really do like the coach piece because it's your coaching the person just as you know you guys coach the people running with the fam country like it's the accountability and being a person that's like you're doing great and that like positive reinforcement of like this is really hard but you can get through it let's lay out a pathway together to get you to your end goal on the other side so that's why I think everybody like you don't have to be like I I always say this like you don't have to be on your most desperate time where you're, you know, have come up with all of these horrible circumstances for yourself and have set your life to be something that you don't recognize anymore. It's not like for, for speaking from my personal experience, it wasn't like I was failing out of college. I had a horrible relationship with my parents. I was an alcoholic and I had a drug problem that that was never the case, but I wasn't really liking what I was seeing all the time and it had that like internal nudge of like, "Mm, I feel like I could be doing things differently. I just don't really know how, and I don't really know why. And that's where I feel like life coaching is, is that avenue. I love that because I feel like there, there's a lot of schools of thought saying that the answers are inside you and Mm -hmm. sometimes uncovering them or trying to decide like which I don't want to say voice because that's also incorrect, but like which um, motivation. Like yes. Like what am I going to listen to? Yeah. Totally. Also like is it what's inside of me or is it what society or other people are implanting in my mind? Mm-hmm. And I think that going through a coaching program really helps to decipher those things. Absolutely. It's like am I wanting something because I'm being told day in and day out of the repetitive messaging that I'm getting that I want this or is this my like truest deepest desire Mm -hmm. and if you're not quiet enough to listen to that you won't really know the difference between the two voices they're going to sound exactly the same Mm -hmm. yeah 
So. so you've been working with others for like as long as you have been alive, basically. <laughs> and what motivates you to work with others? Because I can also feel that, you know, as a teacher, as someone who loves being with people, sometimes it's, it can be challenging to work with people. Absolutely. And I have a really strong personality too. <laughs> um, but I feel like collaboration with anything like and connection are really the grounds for anything successful, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like I truly have so much to learn from everybody. And in my conversations with people, I feel like that's when I feel the most energized. That's when I feel the most, um, I don't know, not necessarily creative because I'm definitely way more creative when I'm by myself, but those initial ideas really get going between the conversation because I really feed off of um, other people's energy. And with that also, like I was telling you, I love to be alone before we even hopped on this call. I also love to be alone and like love working by myself. And I, I mean, I work from home, so I'm basically always alone, but then I can get those little charges from connecting with people in like hopping on a call or in going to yoga or in going downstairs and checking in in the salon and having conversations with clients. So it's not necessarily that I'm constantly collaborating in my work and working with people physically in my work, but it's those connections and collaborations on just like the surface level of like, oh my gosh, hi, how are you? That kind of give me energy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that is for me one of the hardest things going through this social distancing is yeah. those small conversations that give you a little charge. Totally. It's so hard. I, You know, I love running, and I love running with other people. And I feel like, I feel like when I go running now, it's like angry running. And it's, yeah. it's like not what I want. Like, I, it's always been enjoyable. And I go out, and I'm like, oh, like, why am I even doing this? <laughs> um, and that's, but again, running also is my creative out outlook I like to be creative when I run by myself I do like to run by myself as well um so I have to come back to that but you're right I miss those like little conversations yeah and especially the ones for me like I love the ones that you weren't anticipating on having Mm -hmm. like that's why I love going to yoga home and you never know who's going to be in class with you or you know especially with living above the salon I can pop in and out if I see that client on the book that I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen them in, in like six weeks. Like I'm going to go check and set and see how their kids are, whatever. Like it doesn't have to be, it's not like I'm sitting and having these like sage conversations mm-hmm. at all. Times. <laughs> it's just because I'm not, like I, I'm really not. And I'm definitely goofy and use a lot of humor and all that too. So it's just those like little, little connections along the way. Yeah, so what are some routines that you have in your life that you find important? Oh, this is a hard one because I'm so traditionally not a routine girl. <laughs> like, I, it's really hard for me to thrive in structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think I've had so many jobs that don't have a lot of structure um, because I really like to. And I've been getting even better at, like, listening to myself and really feeling out the different flows of energy in myself. 
and they really vary day to day. Like some people say like, oh, I'm such a morning person. I know that I can get everything done in the morning or I'm a night owl. I know that I can get everything done at night. I definitely am more of a night owl. Like I'm like a two o'clock in the morning, go to bed person and start work at like 11. But, um, my, my different energy flows of when I know I can be creative or I know I can be um, more logical and strategic come and go at different times always um, and I'm so happy that I have the lifestyle that I can afford to listen to those because I know that that's not the truth for anyone and I'm not going to sit here and say just listen to yourself <laughs> go in the ebb and flow of your energy and just do what you need to do when your body tells you to. No, like, I get it. You have a job, you have kids, you have a million other things. I'm just at a point in my life and my lifestyle right now where I can afford to do that. So, like, yay for me. Um, so, honestly, as far as routine, I think the only thing that would be considered routine for me is coffee in the morning. <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> Definitely addicted to caffeine. Um, and definitely, um, my yoga practice, I'm not a daily yoga person. I, I am trying to hold myself more accountable to that. Um, but at least three times a week practicing yoga, um, moving my body, um, and just kind of working through whatever I need to on my mat, um, I think is really the only routine that I have. <laughs> That and right now watching Peaky Blinders. That is also part of my routine. <laughs> um, how has your group of friends helped shape this career path for you? Oh my God, such a good question. I have the best friends ever. You know a lot of my friends. Um, we, honest, and especially lately, like I feel like we are all coming into ourselves around the same time. And it feels so good to be supported by a group of girls who truly give a shit about each other and are not in competition. So I have my one friend, Kristen Link, who is amazing. She does, um, she's like a holistic um, nutrition, uh, going through like a, a holistic nutrition program and like knows her stuff on so many like different things that I like she talks about herbs where I'm there I don't even know that they exist I'm like <laughs> cool sounds like I need that <laughs> I don't know what you're saying but it's amazing so like she has her thing Carly Chiffone with um the with the change concept she's also like a wellness coach um and she you know created this workbook that I think is amazing for anybody who is kind of stepping into this world and doesn't have a lot of familiarity with it and has never really taken the time to even think about themselves. It's like a great like toe into the water of this whole like self-helpy and I say that using air quotes, but I know you're listening to me, uh, self-helpy like movement. So she's doing that. I have friends who are Anya Dietrich and Lizzie Heber who are yoga teachers. Like I just have such an interesting group of girls and we're all kind of going in the same direction but we're not in competition with each other like we're all like rooting and supporting each other and I mean me and Carly are collaborating um, on this thing called sanity sessions right now and you know it could easily be like well you're kind of trying to do my thing and I'm trying to do your thing so that's kind of messed up and I don't want to work with you and, da -da 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 -da. and the ego can get in the way of that but it's like 
no, we both have something to offer and people who are going to be drawn to me might not necessarily be drawn to her and vice versa and vice versa. And there might be people that I don't think that I can serve, but she can and vice versa. So, I mean, I, I could talk about my friends all day. They're just (laughs) great people. Um, and so many more that I didn't even mention that are just like an amazing support system and they're like ride or dies, like call them at four o'clock in the morning. They're going to be there. They're just like a stand up group of people, um, that I have behind me. So I'm so grateful. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy to hear how your class is just still amazing. (laughs) Yes. And these are all people like I've known some of these people since I was in third grade. Mm-hmm. And we are still a tight group. Like, I do not know a lot. And, I mean, I have so many other um, avenues of friendships as well that really hold me accountable to, like, yoga home. I mean, yoga home is such a big part of that as well. But the fact that I've had friends since, like, second, third grade that I don't want to murder is, <laughs> <laughs> like, a really big deep. Um, I'm really lucky. Yeah, so why don't you, can you tell us a little bit about the Sanity Sessions? Like, what's the idea behind it? Yeah, so we had our first one last night, and that was super exciting. And we had, like, you know, like 20 individuals that came in. And the big, the premise was um, Carly came to me with the idea, um, like, last week. So it's been, like, a super quick thing that we put together um, and was like, Hey, like, I feel like a lot of people are kind of craving some like connection or just something that can make, um, this situation a little bit more real. And I, she's like, what do you think about if we like did like a Facebook live and just kind of like talked about things. And that's where the idea kind of started. And that kind of goes back to my whole conversation piece. I'm like, Oh, okay. So yeah, I like this idea, but why don't we do it on, like, Zoom so we can, like, see people's faces and people can see each other, and then it was like, okay, well, we don't want to just talk about the pandemic because that's what everybody's talking about. Like, let's talk about something different, but let's make it a resource that people can use the topics that we're talking about to kind of ease some of the like absolute insanity that I've been feeling um and that's why we call them sanity sessions just like a little break in a lull to like it's okay to feel crazy right now because we're in a crazy time but also the biggest premise from last night was while this situation may be new the feelings that we are experiencing are not new feelings We may Mm -hmm. just be feeling them for the first time, maybe ever, and very, very deeply and very, very close together. So in my experience, I'm feeling like happy, joyful, in awe, saddened, despair, um, like disconnected. And then all of a sudden, like I'm on with you right now and I feel connected, joyful, on purpose, like so many things back to back and I might hang up and like cry for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. just because and that's okay and that's kind of what we were talking about um so with these sanity sessions we are doing a three-week series now but in the future we want to do maybe like little just once a month pop-ups and and just keep them free and whatever is kind of going on in the climate around us just give us space that people can 
feel like they have a community to come to if they want to talk about something or they have a resource. So now we created like a little Facebook group as well. So people have been plugging in information like um, someone works for a crisis text line and they put that information in there. And then people put like the yoga home um, COVID yoga classes in there. And then I put like a a Spotify uh, quarantine funny playlist in there. (laughs) So like keeping it light, but also just a place where people can land if they just kind of want to distract without distracting, if that makes sense. It does. And if people want, are interested in participating and listening, should, should I direct them to Facebook? Do you have a... Yeah, okay. actually, um, go to, what's the best place? Because right now we just have like a link floating around, but it's like one of those long links. If you go to um, my Instagram, Bryn.Travis, mm-hmm. or um, The Change Concepts, which is Carly's, the link is in both of our bios. So check that out. Um, you can, you know, follow me and I'll be posting like all the different things that I'm doing. Um, but yeah, go in there and then it'll send you a link to the actual Zoom and then a link to the uh, Facebook group as well. And then in the Facebook group, there's going to be any of the replays of the past. So last night's replay is already in there. You can catch up and you don't, you don't feel like you're behind or anything. And we talk about I mean, we're talking about feelings, and then we're also talking about just, like, silly stuff. And my mom was on there, and that's always a good time, (laughs) always inappropriate. So it's hopefully bound to make you laugh, too. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. I'll put that link also in the show notes if anyone else. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, So you also have been doing vision boarding and creating workshops around them. Um, tell us about the first one, how to go, what's a vision board. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, um, my first official like public workshop was at from the boot and I had like 30 women there, which was so amazing. Um, and it was like my first official like public event, um, which felt, you know, I was nervous. And I was like, you know, what is this going to look like? And what was so awesome was the majority of the people there were actually not my friends for once. Cause I feel like I'm always doing things like with my friends or people that I know, which is amazing, but they're always not necessarily my, my target or who I'm looking to work with or even who like needs the work right now. Um, cause they're all doing the work in, in their own different ways. Um, so the vision workshop was at the end of January And it was just a way for um, a bunch of people to come together and really think about what they envision for themselves for either the coming year or even just the coming month. And like my whole thing was like, just because you're creating this little poster with all of the images that you really want to cultivate for right now does not mean that it has to be a permanent thing for the year that you have to stick to. Um, and I think that's a little bit different from some of the visioning exercises that I have gone through was that I always felt like it was so concrete and I have to still want the same thing or I'm not going to get it. Um, for me, it was really important to offer the stance of like, Hey, right now this could be exactly what you want. And I really hope you go for it. And in three weeks, when you see a certain word on your board that no longer suits your lifestyle anymore, it is okay to A, take it off, or B, 
paste something new and upgrade it over it because we're constantly evolving. Um, so it was great. They had dinner and they talked and I used the um, Vertelis. If you're fam- not familiar with the Vertelis deck, I you are. Um, but they're really thought-provoking questions about um, reflection questions about the past and then forward-thinking questions about the future that kind of get your juices flowing. And it was great to see people who didn't know each other have these conversations and answer these really deep questions with one another that they might not have even ever thought about themselves. So it was really great, and I got a lot of really great feedback um, on that as well. That's awesome. Um, What misconception might people have? Obviously, you talked about, like, the permanence of the things on the board are there any other misconceptions that people have and are maybe surprised to see about it oh for sure I think a vision board can easily people can be either fooled into thinking I'm gonna put this car on here and tomorrow it's gonna be in my driveway or (laughs) that or the audience perceives that that's what I'm gonna teach them you know what I mean? It's twofold. It's like they're perceiving that that's the reality or they're perceiving that I think that that's going to be the reality. And both are incorrect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> both are incorrect. A vision board is really just a tool, at least how I use it, to remind myself of what I wanted and to check in to see if it's what I still want. Because it's so easy to have just life get in the way and cloud a lot of things and it's also easy to still go be gung-ho on something that you did want that probably doesn't serve you anymore as well so it's it's kind of it's kind of twofold in that that's awesome and I know that it could be up in the air but you have a retreat coming up this fall called Renew yeah I'm so excited and I'm gonna keep holding the excitement even in uncertain times because right now more than ever I think that it's also really important that we experience joy and still hold joy and hope and excitement for future because we've been you know there's a lot of grief around the some of the um the things that were expectations before that may not be anymore um, so I'm still holding out hope for this one. Um, and we're doing, it's Renew, it's a five-day retreat in Costa Rica. Um, it's a place that I actually went to, um, I was having just like, uh, back in, I guess it was August. I was having just like a really hard time of like, you know, I, and I feel like it's like every kind of around my birthday-ish, I'm a November baby, so like right around my birthday, I get these like, who am I? Like existential. <laughs> Like, what do I want? And I think they're great when they're constructive, not the downward, not the downward spiral. And I've been really trying to be mindful about making them more constructive than just like, what am I doing? Am I even supposed to be here? Like, am I even who I am? All of that. So I was going through one of those and I actually got, um, without getting like super woo woo and like weird, I had an Akashic records reading from this woman who did one of my moms, of course. And it was so spot on for her that I'm like, I need one. (laughs) And the woman was like, right off. I didn't say a word. I just, it was over the, over the computer did not say a word. And she's like, Hmm, 
you're really like unsure right now. You have like one foot out the door, one foot in the door. Did it like going on and on about every single thing that I'm feeling? And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> and she's like, um, they're telling me that you need to go to Costa Rica. It needs to be now or as soon as you possibly can. And it has to be Costa Rica. She's like, I've never gotten a message like that. Usually it's like, oh, go to, you know, somewhere cold. Go to a beach. Go, she's like, Costa Rica. I'm like, I've never been to Costa Rica. I have no, <laughs> I have no emotional attachment to Costa Rica. <laughs> but I'm like, okay. And at that point, I felt so absolutely insane that I got off and I was like, places to visit in Costa Rica this week. And I booked a trip. I booked a flight. I was gone in seven days. I really didn't tell anybody. I turned my phone off the whole time that I was there. I disconnected. And the place that I ended up being at was this amazing place called Amatiera. And that's where we're having the retreat in November. Um, And Jill, who is one of the owners, along with her husband, is just like such an incredible woman. I got along with her so well from the time that I got there just had such an incredible experience it was like me and one other girl because it was rainy season on the whole property so I got to really know the family really well and the yoga instructor and the food is amazing and it's in the jungle and there's just lushness all over and there's a waterfall 10 minutes away the beach is an hour away I did this like horse therapy thing where basically the horses like also another wacky thing that sounds like absolutely insane but until you experience it you're like okay the horses like feel your energy just like all of this like crazy stuff and it was such a good re-grounding trip for me to be like you are fine you are creating this because wherever you go there you will be you're trying to run again you're avoiding you're in Costa Rica and you're still feeling the same thing. So if you go anywhere else, you're still going to feel the same thing. There's not an outer place that's going to magically solve all of your concerns with yourself. Um, So I was like, I need to have a retreat here because this place is healing. I got a lot of answers here. The people are amazing, all of the things. Um, So that's what November will be. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's in the beginning, and it's right after the election, so I think that it's going to be a prime time for some self-care for people, um, no matter which way it goes, not to like be political, but I think it's really huge energetically to be able to have some of that self-care, restoration, all of that, um, and just get away and be with a group of like-minded people and Anya Dietrich who's my wonderful friend we do all of our adventures together we've been to so many different places together and I'm so lucky that she's going to be on the trip with me teaching yoga um we're going to do like a cacao ceremony and some yoga nidra and you don't have to practice yoga every day you don't even have to practice yoga once if you don't want to it's all about choices so you can be as adventurous as you want or as restorative as you want, because um, Costa Rica offers both. Um, and I'm all about supporting both of those sides of yourself. So it's definitely going to be super affordable and really a la carte with what you want it to be. You make it whatever you want. Gosh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm excited. 
Fingers crossed. <clears throat> um, I'm so curious about this horse therapy. I might have to do some independent research. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. And I never would have done it if, again, my mom had done it like years ago and was like amazed by it. So definitely check it out. It's very interesting. Cool. Um, obviously, you're not singing in restaurants now. Um, but where do you like to find enjoyment in singing around here? Yes. Um, so I'm in a band. We're called Out of Pocket. Um, we're based in Philly and we do a lot of like 80s, like diva stuff, like a lot of Donna Summer. So some of the things that you might not have heard in a while. Um, and it's really fun. I obviously wasn't alive during that time. So it's also very, very fun <laughs> for me to like recreate that. Um, we sing um, at Brittingham's often. We sing at Graham's Pub in Roxborough pretty often. Um, we sing at Molly McGuire's in Phoenix still pretty often. Um, so we'll see, like, who, you know, depending on everything, who's opening first and all of that and when we're back in action. But we're always popping up pretty local, and um, it's it's a good time. It's really fun. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little another creative outlet that's like not so serious it's really nice um so I'm really embarrassed that I don't know the answer to this um but are you working one-on-one with people right now I'm sorry are you working one-on-one with people no I'm actually not working one-on-one with people right now I'm actually um building and I'm not opposed to it it's just not uh especially right now now it's a very interesting time I, mm-hmm. I definitely want to take care of myself before I can help others take care of themselves um but I'm actually building a um group pro- coaching program that has been in the works for a while I think that there's a lot of value in having a group and having that group accountability as well kind of going through everything together um so that that's in the works um Right now, nothing has launched or is out there yet, but it will be soon. Again, right now, yes, I might have the time uh, to dive in and create, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I have the capacity to. So I've been kind of listening to when, you know, I I feel that I will be of service and am able to create different content, et cetera. But right now, it's been more of like the, the like blueprint of like the bones and not so much like the emotional work that will go into that, if that kind of makes sense. Absolutely. So how can people stay in contact with you, follow you? Yeah. What are, can you give us some information on that so we can? Yeah. So I'm updating and building my website right now. So it's not up. So that'll be launched very soon, which I'm very excited. I've been doing all of that, like creative branding and all the stuff that I love. Um, but for now you can follow me at Bryn.Travis on Instagram. Uh, that's where I'll be posting the majority of my things, uh, for now until all of that other stuff gets built. Um, so it's B-R-Y-N-N-E dot Travis. Um, and you'll be able to really get in touch with me and stay in touch with what's to come through there. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Hey, thank you. So fun. All right. I do have three wrap up questions that I ask everyone. So, um, what are stretches you are doing in your own life right now? Ooh, like physical or like, can it be like a activity or something? Absolutely. It could be either. 
Mm, okay, so right now, physically, in my body, my hips are, like, really screaming, I think, from just, like, being more idle and all of that. So, like, modified pigeon has been my physical stretch that I've been doing a lot. And I think it's pretty common to hold a lot of emotion in the hips. So if other people are feeling that way, maybe check that one out. And then as far as uh, something not so literal, I feel like stretching right now um I actually just so my mom uh and a colleague of hers just started this uh hairstylist insider inside inner circle group and my mom came to me and was like hey do you want to be a part of this as well you can offer a lot of like the mindful aspect of being behind the chair and being successful and being emotionally intelligent and I was like, okay, interesting. I'm, I'm in the salon industry, so, like, I get it. And I definitely have a lot to offer on on that other end. So um, I was like, I'll think about it. And I was, like, a little bit hesitant. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to see, like, how it goes. So right now I'm in the process of, like, helping them build that group and kind of gearing what I know to hairdressers and offering that as like a different thing for me. So that, that's my new, uh, my new stretch, even during like a difficult pandemic. I'm yeah. like, I, I think I can do this. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, what is something you are enjoying doing in your life for you? Ooh, definitely. I mean, singing has always been that I'm obviously not lighting the world on fire and, I'm not gigging every single weekend and I have no intention to ever be gigging every single weekend and multiple times. Um, I actually asked our band, I was like, can we get another singer so the two of us can like split gigs because this is already becoming like too much. Like once it becomes business, it's not joyful anymore mm. just to like sing songs on a stage. I'd rather sing in my shower if that's the case. Um, so for me, it's, it's always been singing for sure. And what's something you can't stop talking about? Ooh, right now, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. I just finished it. I love Arthur, Tommy, and John. And I, <laughs> I literally, it is so good. And so many people are like, I don't, my brother's like, I don't really, I don't really like it. I'm like, dude. I don't know what's your problem, <laughs> or if maybe you're just not, like, up with, like, the IRA and the gangs and all that. Like, maybe do your history homework. <laughs> maybe you'll like it. But, yeah. Peaky Blinders. Oh, and Untamed by Glennon Doyle on the total other end of that. Ooh, mm-hmm. it is. It's lighting me up. I am 100% with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lighting me up. <sighs> yeah. That's a whole other conversation for a whole other day, I think. I agree. Yeah. Read that like book. <laughs> yeah. Read, read the yeah. book and we'll, and we'll do like a book book club or something on it because it's, I'm fired up and it's such a quick, it reads so quickly. I feel like I'm going to go through it like three times and pick, I'm going to have the whole book highlighted by the end of it. We were talking about that. I was like, look Every at this line. <laughs> every line and like even her like IGTVs that she's doing now I'm just like you're I yeah Yeah. you know you know something (laughs) 
And I want to know it. Yes. <laughs> oh, Bryn, this was so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was really nice. Thank you for having me and for doing this. And I love your podcast. And I loved listening to especially Christie's episode because I'm like, MJ and T. Like, that's all I could think about the whole time. She's talking about you know, building a mindful family and all of that. I was like, yes, this is everything that people need, especially, especially right now. So thank you for doing this. I'm so happy you're doing it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Bryn. It was so great to connect with her. And I'm hoping that there is a, an important takeaway for you in this episode. Uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me was the concept of being the multi-potentialite and how many of us don't only have one true calling. So I put that TED Talk in the show notes if you are interested in checking that out. So I want to leave everyone with just a grounding, brief meditation. Um, just giving yourself that moment to get still, get quiet before you move on with your day. So come to a comfortable seated position. This could be on a chair, the couch, the floor. But just make sure that something is connecting to the floor. It could be your feet. And slowly start to close your eyes or lower the gaze. And take a moment to bring your awareness to your breathing. Not necessarily trying to change the breath, but notice how just when you pause, just when you bring awareness to it, it begins to slow down. Your mind starts to wander. Gently invite it back into the space. Maybe noticing what it starts to wander to. It's in the stillness. It's in this quiet. We learn the most about ourselves. And staying here for as long as you need.
Whenever you're ready, gently open your eyes, perhaps blinking them a few times, welcoming you back into the world, into the space. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like this episode, please review it on iTunes or Spotify. And if there's someone who you think would benefit from this episode, please pass it along. Have a wonderful day.